On May 27, 1962, a routine landfill fire in Centralia, Pennsylvania spread to a coal mine through an unsealed mine shaft. Though much effort was done to try and contain the fire, it quickly spread out of control and has been burning underneath the city for almost 60 years. Today, we'll talk about how this fire was allowed to get so out of control, how the people of Centralia, Pennsylvania were affected, and how this town became the inspiration for the Silent Hill video game. Next, on Technically a Conversation. you're listening to Technically a Conversation, a podcast where we share an interesting topic or story with each other and hope you find it interesting as well. I'm one half of your host, Jose, and I'm joined, as always, by my lovely co-host, Isela. How are you doing today? I am feeling fantastical. How are you? Doing great also. Thank you. Good. Quick reminder about our contest before we get started. If you want to be super cool and help us out, pause the show, take two minutes to leave us a review. What should they do again, Isela? They should pause the show, <laughs> leave us a review, send them on over to greetings, T-A-C, at gmail.com, or you can send it through either Messenger or however, um, you can slide into the DMs of Instagram, <laughs> and you're in the contest. That's right. And again, we're at greetings, T-A-C, everywhere, in the metaverse and Twitter. <laughs> And we'll read it on the show, and once we get 25 reviews, we'll do a drawing and give the winner a sexy, technically a conversation shirt. Yeah, you're going to be peeling off the men or women. <laughs> <laughs> We've already got nine reviews, only 16 more to go. So check out technicallyaconversation.com for all the deets, or just check the show notes. To those of you that have already left us a review, thank you. Thank you so much. So we got two shout outs this week, super friends, Elena and Erica. Thank you so much for sharing us on your socials and helping to spread the word. We really do appreciate you. Absolutely. Thank you, ladies. This week, we just passed 1,700 downloads of our show. So thank you for continuing to listen and spreading the word. So now that we got the business up front, <laughs> it's time to party in the back, girl. <laughs> Party in the back sounds a little bit weird, like there's butt stuff going on. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, no, that's okay. This time it was my turn. Yeah, it was your turn to derail <laughs> this, but we're all good. <laughs> yeah. Are you ready to get started? I am so ready. Great. Let's get started. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Isela, are you familiar with the term video game? I am definitely familiar with that term. Awesome. Have you ever played any? Yes. What's your favorite game? Back in the day, it was probably Super Mario Brothers, just because you could go through all the different worlds. Uh, I loved playing Legends of Zelda, just because you know you were working towards something. That was really fun. Um, yeah. And then in college, um, I think the last thing I really got into was, uh, it was on PlayStation. It was called Intelligent Cube. It was like a strategy. But it had really pretty, um, like, like an orchestra soundtrack at the back. It was really nice. That's cool. Yeah. Are you familiar with a game called Silent Hill? Never heard of it, but that doesn't say anything because I'm just not in tune with the kids these days. No, there was also a movie of the same name. 
It sounds like it would have been a horror movie. It was. Yeah. But then I, I, that's not really my genre. So that could be why I also don't know it. Well, the aesthetic of the game was that it was very foggy and smoky. So pretty much, you, you know, you're running around the city and there was smoke and ash everywhere. Now, did you know that this was actually inspired by a real place? Ooh, that's exciting. No. It's a little town called Centralia in Pennsylvania. Ever heard of this place? <laughs> Only Pennsylvania I've heard of. <laughs> okay. So let's talk about what happened in Centralia, Pennsylvania that makes this town so interesting. The following is from a video titled The Story of Centralia by a channel called Fascinating Horror. Link will be in the show notes. So prior to 1962, Centralia was a pretty ordinary small American town. It was home to a few thousand residents who primarily worked in the coal mines. The whole town pretty much sprung up around the mining business and business that catered to the miners and their families. There were schools, churches, stores, hotels, restaurants, nothing particularly special or out of the ordinary. And even though the town was about 100 years old at this point, there was so much coal in the region that there was no fear of coal running out anytime soon. In fact, some estimates predicted that there was enough coal in the mines to keep the city prosperous for several decades, if not centuries. So this all changed on May 27th, 1962. The landfill that the city was using was starting to fill up, and the city council decided that it was time to clean it up. The proposed method of cleanup at that time was a controlled burn. Even though it sounds like a very eco-local thing to do, it was nothing out of the ordinary for the 1960s or Centralia for that matter. They had taken care of waste in several landfills in the same manner, and it was done on a routine basis. It was quick, easy, inexpensive, and it took care of three things that were a problem in any landfill. The odor, the rats and other vermin that were attracted to the waste, and the waste itself, which was compacted down to ash, and that would later be capped off with dirt. What could possibly go wrong? Ugh, with fire? <laughs> a lot. <laughs> well, maybe this will put you at ease a little bit. The Centralia Volunteer Fire Department was usually tasked with setting and extinguishing these control burns. However, after the fire had consumed all the garbage, there was still smoke rising from the area. So the firefighters doused the area with water, and a little while later, the smoke would start up again. They brought in bulldozers to stir up the land, and just when they thought the fire was out, the smoke would start up again, sometimes even days later. I guess that didn't do much to appease you, right? That's creepy. <laughs> I'm like, oh. I think that's when you have to realize there's all kinds of chemicals and weird stuff going on. That's like trying to put water on a grease fire sometimes. You know that's not going to do anything. Yeah, it just spreads the fire. Right. Oh, no. That's awful. So this cat and mouse game went on for several weeks. The fire would appear to be extinguished, and a few days later, smoke would start up again. <laughs> what a nightmare. No matter how hard they tried, the fire would not stop. As the bulldozers dug around more, they made a grim discovery. Uh -oh. There was a mine shaft that was leading from the landfill into a deep coal mine. <gasps> the mine shaft hadn't been properly sealed when the area had been converted into a landfill. The open mine shaft allowed the fire to spread underground and started feeding on the vast reserves of coal there. Goodness. Remember we had said earlier that Centralia had enough coal to keep the town prosperous for decades, if not centuries? 
<laughs> or so they had. <laughs> yeah, that coal was on fire. Oh, shoot. So they were no longer dealing with a landfill fire. They were now dealing with a mine fire. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Okay, Sela, so put on your power suit, get your success perm on, because we're going to go ahead and do some cosplaying, okay? Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay, so pretend that you're part of the Centralia City Council. Your landfill fire has now turned into a mine fire. What would your first course of action be? I think I would just find out who the hell knows how to deal with that shit, because <laughs> I know I wouldn't. <laughs> Okay, so I'll tell you the two things that the Centralia City Council could have done. While the fire was still small and somewhat contained, they could have dug up the entire area, exposing the fire and extinguishing it. That would have been like tapping the staples easy button had they acted quickly. The more extreme scenario would have required them to dig a ditch around the location of the fire and install a fireproof barrier. And according to the documentary, it would have taken a couple hundred people and the cost would have been in the thousands of dollars to do this. Since I have a follow-up question, and we're barely at the commercial cliffhanger, they obviously didn't do that, because our show would be over, and this would make for a very interesting podcast. <laughs> so what do you think the city council did instead, Isela? Uh, instead, they probably decided to throw water down the shaft or something. We'll see if you're right after we return <laughs> from our quick commercial break. Very nice. Digital Wave, Digital Wave, all your online service song, Digital Wave. Find out what's got all our customers singing. We offer a comprehensive online suite to meet all your needs. 128-bit encrypted email, check. A fast, secure web browser, check. Database software for your business, check. Protection from ransomware, check. Digital Wave, Digital Wave, all your online service song, Digital Wave. One terabyte of backup and online storage, check. End-to-end -end encrypted messaging, check. Web hosting and domain registration, check. Malware and virus protection, check. Day-to-day -day life is hard enough already. Let us take the hassle out of your online presence. We take your privacy very seriously and never sell your information to any third parties or advertisers. Sign up for a free trial and see why our customers are singing. Digital Wave. Digital Wave, all your online service on Digital Wave. So, how was your break, Isela? It's lovely. Got myself some water. Very nice. Did you set any minds on fire during the break to test your theory? <laughs> no, thankfully not. <laughs> okay, good. So, before our break, I teased that I would let you know what the Centralia City Council did to put out the fire. Spoiler alert, the answer is not, they acted quickly. <sighs> what they did do was waste a lot of time debating their course of action, submitting proposals, deliberating on them, talking about the budget and how expensive it was going to be. They sent letters to the state seeing if they would offer assistance in putting this thing out. They took bids from contractors to see who would be willing to deal with this. Each day that passed, the fire continued to spread and the more difficult this beast was becoming to extinguish. <laughs> As we had mentioned earlier, the cost would have been in the thousands of dollars to take the most drastic action. So let's say it was on the higher end of the spectrum and it cost them $999,000 to extinguish the fire. Remember that number. Okay. Let me tell you about some of the obstacles that they faced. 
now that they were dealing with a mind fire and why it wasn't as simple as just pissing on it. Mind fires require an absurd amount of water to extinguish. You want to know the worst part? Why? If the fire isn't thoroughly extinguished and even one ember remains lit, it'll start drying out the surrounding coal. And before you know it, the coal is dry and on fire once more. Oh my God. Wow. It's also impossible to cut off oxygen to the mines to extinguish the fire because there are multiple entrances and exits, especially mines that have been dug for for about a century. So being that it's below ground, there are countless cavities that form naturally, constantly feeding the fire with a fresh supply of oxygen. Bad news bears, to quote you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so the city did try to dig up the fires and extinguish them with water and slurry. What is slurry? That's a great question, Isela. Yeah, I'm glad you asked that. I was like, I hope he's going to ask. I'm like, I know what a Slurpee is. I call it a Slurpee like my drunk uncle or something. Slurpee sounds delicious. <laughs> but a slurry is a fire retardant that's made from water, fertilizer, and chemicals. But they ran into problems of running out of water and slurry to put out the fire. And then they would realize that the fire had spread further than they had estimated. <laughs> so they had to go back to the city and the project would be put on hold while they got new permits and permissions to keep working. And while City Hall debated about the budget. Wow. They acted like such a government. Right? <laughs> yeah. And also, surprisingly, this was not the only mine fire in Pennsylvania at the time. So the city had to keep fighting with the state for their attention, monetary help, and permission to take action. Now, while time was wasted, the fire continued to grow and now spread underground. The fire was now burning beneath the city of Centralia itself. Now, before we get into the negatives, let's go into some of the positives because there were some positives. Okay. I'm usually a silver lining type of gal, <laughs> but I can't see any positives here. That was going to be my question to you, what you thought some of the positives would have been if there was a fire burning beneath your feet. Mm, I guess, especially up east, there's like no need for heaters now since you're kind of warm already. <laughs> Actually, that is really the only positive. Oh my goodness, that's so awful. Even in the bitter Pennsylvania winters, it was nice and warm. As a result, they didn't have to de-ice the roads or clear the snow in the winter. It also allowed the farmers to grow crops year-round. That was kind of nice. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think some of the negatives were? Oh my gosh, well... Their whole coal supply for all these jobs that they used to have is pretty much gone, if not completely, you know, cut in half or maybe even more. It sucks. Yeah, there are actually many negatives. There are so many, in fact, that it's kind of hard to pick out which one was the worst one. Oh, wow. So like you mentioned, since the fire was burning all the coal underneath the city, when the coal was burned, it would leave cavities under the city. This was causing the ground to crack spewing carbon monoxide and smoke out of the cracks. Oh my gosh. Somewhere in the streets and roads, other cracks were inside buildings and people's homes. Mm. They had installed carbon monoxide detectors all over the town, so there were constant alarms ringing all over the city all the time. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> That's nuts. Yeah, it's awful. Whenever an alarm rang, inspectors came over to measure the levels of carbon monoxide in people's homes. Some homes had such high levels of carbon monoxide that they pretty much were forced to leave their windows open 24-7. Oh my 
Well, that's cold. Well, I guess it wouldn't be that cold. Wow, that's so out. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, fortunately, it was warm in the winter now. So yeah. there was that. <laughs> also, the people in the town constantly displayed headaches, dizziness, confusion, drowsiness, all signs of carbon monoxide poisoning. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. That's awful. It was awful. It gets worse. <laughs> As the fires continued burning more of the cold beneath the city, sinkholes would randomly appear. In 1981, there was a kid that almost fell in one as the ground beneath him collapsed while playing in his backyard. The sinkhole was 15 stories deep. <gasps> what? The only thing that kept him from falling into a pit of blazing hellfire was that he was able to hold on to a tree root that was exposed until his cousin could come rescue him. Wow, that has to be the best <laughs> unplanned hide-and-seek move <laughs> that you could possibly make. Wow, this poor guy. Yeah, luckily nothing happened to him. But this was the straw that broke the camel's back, as the kids would say. <laughs> so the citizens of Centralia had transitioned out of the fuck around phase and were firmly into the find out phase. They started protesting and rallying and demanding, as my girl Sydney Ryder would say, that the city do something. So when did they finally put out the fire, Isela? Want to take a guess? A gander, if you will. I know you mentioned that it had been burning for a couple of weeks already. So it had been burning since 1962. It's 1981 now. Oh my gosh. That's absolutely insane. Um, so then probably in the 90s then? So it was something ridiculous? Is that your final answer? <laughs> yeah, why not? They didn't. What? They just let it burn completely indefinitely? The town is still on fire to this day. Shut. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's burning, burning with desire to quote Swedish metal band Hammerfall. Oh my God, that is absolutely nuts. This May marks the 60 year anniversary of when the fire started. Five more years and it can retire. <laughs> shit. So what did the city do instead? Sounds like they didn't do shit. <laughs> they just blamed each other. In a way, that's true. It actually took the U.S. government to step in. Uh, the U.S. government used eminent domain and bought out the majority of the land. According to a This American Life podcast titled Fire by Ira Glass and Alex Spiegel, the government spent $42 million to buy everybody out. Wow. So remember, it was only going to cost in the thousands of dollars to take care of this. Yeah, the 999 that you <laughs> <laughs> told me to remember. Yeah, that's if we estimate it on the high side. Sure. So one of the people that they interviewed on This American Life said that they got $55,000 for their home. There are some people that are still living there. What? Every year, it goes down more and more. I was able to get the United States Census Bureau records for 2020. And as of 2020, there are five residents that remain in the city. Did you say five? There are five residents. Oh, it's probably just one family. You know what? There's people that continue to move in and out because in 2019, I think there were 19 people that were living there. And then I think in 2018, there were six people. So people continue to transition in and out of the city. Oh, wow. Now, the people that are living there, they are allowed to live there. And you still see the odd house here and there. But the residents are forbidden from selling their homes or passing them down to their families. 
its zip code is no longer recognized by the U.S. Postal Service. Oh my gosh. Most of the buildings have been bulldozed and have been reclaimed by the land. So if you look at like satellite aerial maps of the, of the area, it looks like nothing was ever there aside from all the smoke that vents from the ground that melts the snow each winter. That is just crazy and mind-boggling. Yeah, even the interstate has been routed around the city, so you no longer have to pass through it. Jeez Louise, you probably get carbon monoxide poisoning <laughs> just driving through. <laughs> oh, shit. And they actually routed the interstates around the city a little bit before that because of all the sinkholes. There were <laughs> cars that were falling into the... Oh, yeah, that's true. Jeez, Louise. Yeah. <laughs> like, drive through. It'll be the last drive you might take. That's, like, the worst. Yeah, no, literally, it was, like, Silent Hill. Now, I first learned about this town in a video called Centralia, the real-life Silent Hill, in an Answers with Joe YouTube video. A link to this video will be in the show notes. I highly recommend you watch it. Joe Scott does an excellent job of describing the town and situation. And even though I didn't use him as a source... I did want to share some of the information that he provided as fun facts, especially because he's really funny. Okay. So as I teased at the beginning of the show, the video game Silent Hill takes place in an abandoned town named Silent Hill, West Virginia, that was abandoned due to a mine fire. The game was a smash hit for Konami in 1999 and spawned two movies. The inspiration for the franchise was the real-life events of Centralia, Pennsylvania, Minus the nightmarish hellscape of demons and ghouls that you encounter in the video game. That part is fiction. <laughs> okay, I would hope so. <laughs> it also inspired the Dan Aykroyd movie, Nothing But Trouble, that stars Dan Aykroyd, Demi Moore, Chevy Chase, John Candy, Digital Underground, and Tupac Shakur. What? This is like an amazing cast. I've never even heard of this. Oh my God, I can't believe you. you've never seen it. Nothing But Trouble doesn't even sound... I've heard of Big Trouble in Little China. I mean, that's like an old book that I remember. I think that's the only trouble that I remember. This movie is really good. Well, it's like one of those movies that are so bad that it's good. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you're selling it, but okay. <laughs> you might appreciate it more since you like comedies. Okay. I'm not a, a big fan of comedies. We'll, ha we'll have to watch it one of these days. Yeah. So remember we're talking about the ground being so warm in the winter, it would melt the snow and ice. The ground was measured at 900 degrees Fahrenheit or 482 degrees Celsius in some places. What? As a frame of reference, the temperature to bake pizza is 425 degrees Fahrenheit or 220 degrees Celsius. That's really crazy. Wow. I don't understand. Here's a good one. There are stories about graves and cemeteries burning up and falling into fiery pits below. <gasps> Joe Scott described that as, that's some horror movie shit right there. Dude, for reals. Can you imagine seeing that? And just like the earth swallowing all these tombstones. Like, <laughs> oh, my grave sites. What the hell? I would totally do like the sign of the cross. And get the fuck out of there. <laughs> that's definitely nightmare fuel right there. Yeah. Though Centralia is pretty bad, there is actually a far worse fire in Jaria, India. That one started out as over 70 different mine fires dating back to the 1800s that combined like Voltron into one massive mega fire. Oh, like Voltron. That's so awful. Especially, I feel like at least over here and maybe not in the 60s, but there was like, you know, safety precautions and stuff like that. Whereas I feel like the government doesn't always really look out for their people in India. Sorry, 
I hate to be that person. <laughs> well, that one was so bad that it consumed homes, destroyed railroad tracks, and it even emptied out an entire river. Oh my, it emptied out a river? Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? I don't even know what I'm picturing right now. I just picture the ground opening up and just swallowing the <laughs> swallowing the river entirely. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's super wild. There's a coal fire in Brandenburg, Germany that has been burning since 1688. No. There is still steam and smoke seeping out of cracks in the ground. Back in the day, kids used to steam eggs over these cracks. Joe Scott theorizes that steaming eggs was like the PlayStation of its time. <laughs> That's entertainment. How sad. <laughs> no one knows exactly how this fire started. Oh, so long ago. This was before we could write. I'm just kidding. No, not in 1688, girl. <laughs> I know. I'm just kidding. Although you want to hear the worst one? Oh, my. It gets. Wow. Yeah. Okay. There's a mountain in Wengen, New South Wales, Australia, that has been burning for 6,000 years. All of human recorded history, that fire has been burning. What is still <laughs> fueling that one? I, dude, did you see my, I was like, what? This is nuts. Luckily, it's moving really slow. Because I think um, Joe Scott was saying that it'll hit Sydney in uh, 12,800 years. So. Um, oh, yeah. I don't think uh, our Earth is really going to be up to that. Wow, that's really insane. And this is also, no, that's not a coal fire. What's that fire? That one, he didn't specify what kind of fire it was. That's crazy. This whole time, can I tell you what song that's been in my head? Which one? The Bruce, I think it's Bruce Springsteen. No, I'm sorry, Bruce Springsteen. That's awful. Bruce Dickinson? No, <laughs> Billy Joel. We didn't start the fire. <laughs> it was always burning since the world turning. Anyway, yeah. Yeah, no, the whole time that I was... Working on this, I had that Hammerfall song in my head. A heart's on fire, heart's on fire, burning, burning with desire. That's <laughs> all I kept thinking the whole time. That's so crazy. <laughs> we got a couple of reviews this week, Isela. Yes, we did. So we want to give a special shout out to our super friends, Elba and Brex, for leaving us five stars on Spotify. Thank you, guys. You guys are awesome. Super friend Brex even went the extra mile and left us an amazing review on Facebook. Want me to read it to you? Absolutely. Amazingly hilarious and educational. Isela and Jose deliver the information in such an entertaining way that sometimes I find myself talking to them and then realizing they can't hear me. <laughs> I feel like I'm right there with them in the studio. My favorite episodes have to be La Llorona and the zombie one. I went back and listened to all the episodes and now I have to wait for a weekly one. I'm going to need you all to do one daily from now on. <laughs> 100 out of 10 recommended. And this show has won the first ever Brexcellent Podcast Award. <laughs> Great job. That's super, super sweet. So thank you again, super friend Brex. Yes, thank you so much. So what do you think, Isela? Should we give it to Brex? Oh, of course, he absolutely deserves it. Yes, I think he earned it. Brex... <laughs> You're our super friend of the week. <laughs> I'm not going to get sick of that. I want to do like a whole little dance and everything. <laughs> I don't know. Sorry. You guys can't see me. No, you should. You should record it. Make a little animated GIF of you. I like it, especially when you do the worm 
and you start crawling on the ground. <laughs> no, I've never done that. <laughs> Again with the lies. That's funny. Yeah, but I feel like if I do a video, I'm gonna we're gonna lose listeners. Sorry, guys. <laughs> or we might gain some. <laughs> well, since Isela called me a liar, we hope that you enjoyed the show and you join us again next week. If you're enjoying the show, leave us a review like Superfriend Brex. Yeah. Tell a friend and subscribe wherever fine podcasts are sold. Follow us on the socials at GreetingsTAC. Email us at GreetingsTAC at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at 915-317-6669. If you're naughty and have a story to share with us. Everybody does. And everybody's naughty. Ha, 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 ha.